0: Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by evolutionary astrologer, herbalist, and yoga instructor, our friend and the incredibly talented cosmic guide, Nura Rochelle. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Hello and welcome back to the Soulful of It podcast, Nura. We are
1: so stoked to have you here. Thank you, me too. So stoked to be back.
0: The last time we were on the podcast together, we did the 2020 overview episode.
1: Oh my gosh. A lot has changed. (laughs) (laughs) But has it though? I mean, we kind of knew it was coming. Yeah. We knew some sort of breakthrough was happening.
0: We knew that this year was going to be a big year and none of us could have known to what extent even astrologers.
1: Are we allowed to say shit show? Like, is that? Yeah, right?
0: shit show is definitely a good way of putting it. But uh, we're trying to dress that up. You know, you you can make a smoothie out of that. You just might not want to drink it. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just give it to Mama Earth, and she composts it, and adds some carrots, wheatgrass. We're doing it,
0: and that's where we're at. <laughs> Got to make it healthy. I love it. It's the herbalist in you for sure. <laughs> So to kick us off, we're going to start with a few quick announcements for this episode. First one is very obvious. If you've been following the podcast and listening for the last year that we've been in action, then you are aware that typically this episode would feature Andreas and Uni, and they are not here with us today. And that is because our co-hosts are taking a break to focus on their own journeys, and we are sending them love and we will see them again soon. Next up, we have the birthday announcements. This month, my love, David. His birthday's on the 16th. Happy birthday, Dave. I love you. Thanks for always supporting me and all my crazy hobbies and ideas and interests. You're just a phenomenal partner and somebody that I treasure so much. And then also really good friend of mine, Chris Cornwell. Happy birthday. His birthday's on the 18th. Sending you love for a wonderful Leo birthday. As always, so excited to celebrate with you. Next up, we have the Affirmation Destination theme for August, which is soulful spirit. And we've defined this as choosing to fill our lives with people, experiences, and energies that make us feel connected with our unique soul, consciously aligning with spirit over ego. It's funny because when we came up with these definitions a year ago, I don't think any of us could have realized How much challenge would be facing in the arena of choosing spirit over ego? My goodness. (laughs) It's been so good. Quite an awakening of a year. And then, big announcement this one I'm so excited about, guys. This podcast is turning one year this month on August 30th. Woo! Like, we made it. That's so
1: exciting.
0: I can't even believe it. Uh, It's just, I'm over the moon. And under the stars, and there's your astrological joke of the day, but like, (laughs) yes, I am just overwhelmed with gratitude for what we've been able to build, how many things I've learned. If you are thinking about starting some sort of creative project or passion or developing a hobby in some arena, and you have the roadblockage of like, I have no idea how to do this. I don't know anybody else who knows how to do this. And then that's just like keeping you from doing it or you have the competing idea of like, I'm not good enough yet or I haven't developed this enough yet. Allow me to inspire you to set those fears aside and remind you that you're fucking awesome and you should just go for it. Because the only way that you get better is by practicing and doing and being. And if you go back and listen to the first couple episodes, I'm sure they're not as good as I hope they're not as good as these episodes (laughs) are like. Obviously, there's been a lot of growth. And I mean, there's so many things that I learned to get this podcast off of the ground. And much of it was blood, sweat and tears. I mean, just audio stuff. I, gosh, I'm still not (laughs) great at audio, but it has been a struggle and it has had so many amazing rewards. And you can have that too. So if you are thinking about launching a podcast or writing a book or picking up an instrument like Go do the thing.
1: Yes. The world needs your creativity.
0: Like we need you to show up in service of yourself and that way you can show up in service of others. And that's a Virgo vibe. And we're going to get to that when we talk about the transits. But yes, you can do hard things. You can do amazing things. I believe in you. If I can do it, you can definitely do it. I promise. So, yeah, very excited about the one year for Soulful of It. Thank you guys for being a part of it
1: congratulations it's so good it's
0: so good (laughs)
1: it's so good
0: (laughs) puns until i die dad jokes yes for sure (laughs) always dad jokes so Nura, since we have your expertise here with us is there anything that you've got going on that you'd like to share with our listeners so they have an idea of where they can find you and how they can lean into more of your magic
1: Yes, come lean into magic with me. I'm doing ongoing courses, teaching astrology, and I have live workshops. There will definitely be workshops in August, so just stay tuned. You can find me at my website, nurarachelle.com, and also on Instagram at moon.mystic. And I really am just, I'm wanting to piggyback on what you said, Carrie, because it is the time of creative collaboration. It is this time of fully opening up to what makes us special, what we're here to do, really acknowledging our gifts and shining these gifts. I mean, I'm wearing leopard print today. I think it's really lined for the Leo. (laughs) And then we get to perfect it with the Virgo. I'm just really excited. So a shout out to all of you who that's your life purpose Mm. is to fully lean into the glory and the power of what it is to create here on Earth. It is just such a beautiful time for all of us to get to share that with you.
0: Lovely. Yes. And if you guys are like, where do I find her? And I don't know when her workshops are, I will make sure that you can find them as well. I'm always reposting everything that Nura is up to on the Soulful of It Instagram, where you can check that out. But of course, like she said, check her out on Instagram, moon.mystic. She also has a website. She's doing courses. She's got so many amazing things that she's offering at all times. Like, definitely something for everybody. So, highly recommend that you check that out. So to get us started, I'm going to introduce the tarot cards that I pulled for the month and I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about them and then we'll move into the transits and we'll integrate the two. So the first tarot card that I pulled for the month of August was the tower. And I know you're just as excited as I am to see the tower appear. <laughs> it is arguably one of the scariest looking cards. And I've shared this before on the podcast, but I feel like it's always important to be vulnerable and honest and open about this. The tower is actually the reason that I abandoned tarot as a teenager, because I kept pulling it and it pissed me off because it was scaring me. And I was like, no, fuck this card. Like tower, people falling out of a tower. uh, Thank you, but no thank you. And I just resisted that energy and I ended up abandoning my tarot deck for a decade until now as an adult coming back to it and being able to go okay this card triggers me and it triggers a lot of people and now i'm at a point where i'm able to go hmm why is that where can i find the magic in this card instead of finding it as something that is scary or invokes fear within me and the important thing about the tower that i think folks can overlook is that it's divine intervention it is the ultimate divine intervention card the tower only comes into your life to do the thing for you that you don't want to do for yourself the universe comes in with the tower and says it's okay we're going to take care of this for you does that mean that it's going to be pretty of course not does that mean it's going to be comfortable of course not could it be comfortable sure could it be pretty sure Am I going to tell you that's likely? No, fuck no. Of course not. (laughs) I've pulled the tower many times. I've experienced the tower many times. And the last time we pulled the tower, it was intense. And we're back in that energy now. And the thing about tower as well, I think, is folks pull it and they think, oh, it predicts that this horrible thing is going to happen to me. It predicts that a tower event is going to happen in my life. And I'm here to reassure you, it doesn't predict shit. If you're pulling the tower, you're already in the tower the tower is already happening now you have to identify what tower in your life needs to crumble down and to what extent is it a full burn the whole motherfucker down to the ground or
1: is it a we just got to put a new roof on this house what is it i love how there's this lightning bolt at the top which is so resonant with what you shared around it is something that the universe will help you with if you're not able to do it for yourself i always likened that to uranus and the mantra of choose change before change chooses you because change will choose you if you're not choosing it and that's why you can prepare yourself for it but it's that awareness that something has to change and it's going to do it whether you're surrendering to it or whether you're kicking and screaming
0: absolutely and that's the imagery of this tower right so if you don't have in front of you a quick refresher there is this big thunderbolt coming down and striking the top of the tower there's fire there's two people falling out of the tower one of them looks horrified the other one looks maybe a little less horrified (laughs) at the top of it there's a crown as well and i think that's really important because what is a crown right it signifies power but when you take a crown off of a monarch, are they still powerful? Is it just a facade? Is it just the construct of power that we believe in? And this kind of goes in line, and we'll get into this, this conversation about defunding the police. You know, is that scary or is it not? Because when you think about it, we've been defunding healthcare and education, uh, social services. I mean, we've been defunding other things for years decades forever and no one's ever freaked out about it but someone says i'm going to defund the police and we freak out and i'm not voting for or against here i'm just saying why is that scary and is it real and these are questions that we are really being invited to ponder right now collectively but on a personal level what's the tower in your life it might connect to these bigger macro towers that are happening on a collective level. But when I say that there's some massive change going on that likely you didn't consent to, you know exactly what it is for you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's happening simultaneously at the same time. Like we are all connected to these macro happenings. And in a lot of ways, we've kind of given our consent to these things happening without our awareness. And now we're just realizing that. And... This is a great time to question why and what would we like to do? Exactly. The next card that I pulled for the month of August
0: is the two of pentacles. And the last time that we pulled the two of pentacles on this podcast was actually in April. And the two of pentacles, when you look at the imagery of it, there's this individual that is balancing in an infinity loop, which is an important thing to recognize, to coins, one on each hand. And in the background, there's this big wave going on and there's two ships that are kind of like riding the wave in the background. The infinity loop is an important thing for us to acknowledge because there are only three cards in the tarot that have an infinity loop present. So we know that when we see an infinity loop in the two of pentacles, it means that there is something bigger that is happening that is at play for us to acknowledge there's something beyond what we can see in those two hands that we're juggling that we're actually playing with right now the two of pentacles is of course as a two it is about balance it's also about energy and our resourcing and the reality that we only have so much energy so what is worthy of your energy and who or what are the energy vampires in your life That is going to be a huge theme for us as we integrate this card throughout the transits.
1: It's so cool to think, too, about how these cards play in with each other. Like, the tower definitely brings up the Uranus energy, but so does this in the fact that Uranus is in Taurus. And it has everything to do with our values, our priorities, our resources, and how everything is so much bigger than us. That was just so on point.
0: Yes. Yes. I love, actually, the Two of Pentacles has become one of my favorite cards because it's never not relevant when you pull the two of pentacles in a reading that you do for yourself or for another person immediately it's like okay what am I prioritizing which of these things actually matters and am I juggling so much when really if I just ask someone else for help that would alleviate all of my
1: stress and and do you need to be in the hustle all the time like we've become addicted to the hustle we, yeah. we don't need to be hustling all the time. Doing
0: is not being. It's not. The last card that I pulled for the month of August is the Nine of Cups. And when you look at the imagery of this one, and there's a lot of opinions about this card, and I'm not going to address all of them in this episode. I invite you to go find them. But the nine of cups, we're getting up to that 10, right? And we know that the 10 is going to be a completion. It's going to be an end and we're not there. So it is a pause. This man, he has his arms folded over the front of his chest. He's seated on a bench and behind him are his nine cups and they're being displayed like trophies. And this is just a moment of being in your pride. And I think this year, a lot of folks can feel like, well, what do I have to be proud about? You know, I maybe I lost my job or maybe I went through a breakup or maybe I experienced a health care crisis like many people are or damn, it could have been all three. I mean, honestly, there's somebody out there listening right now can relate to all of this, I'm sure. But this card invites you to go, yeah, what do you have to be proud of? What can you find that you are proud of? Because we focus so much on the material and the external and how we can improve that we're worthy what about the internal? Mm. We've got all those retrogrades going on this year. What internal battles have you won that nobody knows about? And can you take a moment to be proud of them?
1: That is so powerful. And that, to me, is so aligned with Leo and in the internal validation. Brings you back to you. Brings you back to acknowledging that you are powerful in that We are just so much more than these external rewards that we've become so attached to and that we base our value and our worth on. I love that so much. So good. Soul good. (laughs) Soul good. (laughs) So those are the
0: three cards that we're going to be playing with throughout our time visiting the transits of August. And with that, I'm going to just jump us straight into the first transit that we want to talk about. Is a big one. It is going to be on Monday, August 3rd. We have our full moon in Aquarius. So we are working with the axis of creativity, which is individual creativity, which is that Leo, which is the opposite of Aquarius. And of course, collective creativity, which is that Aquarius full moon energy. There's several different aspects happening on this full moon, and I'm going to relay it over to our amazing expert, Nura, to share a little bit about how this full moon's going to feel, and how you can work with the energy.
1: You are so kind. Thank you for your words. (laughs) Thank you for externally validating me. (laughs) Anytime. So I'm always so excited about this Leo-Aquarius axis. I've always felt that it is my purpose to help remind other people that their gifts are needed and to really feel into and own their strengths. And that is what this full moon is all about. It's like, you know what you have. You have these gifts within you, but you might not always know where to put them. And the full moon in Aquarius is asking you to look at what does the society need? What does your community need from you? And then that's how you can use that discernment to kind of say, okay, I actually do have this thing. I actually do have this gift and I can see where it might be relevant right now. I think that is one of the most powerful ways that we can use this. Something else I think is really important to note here too is that we have this full moon is, is being squared by Uranus. And Uranus is asking us always again and forever repeating this to choose change before change chooses you. And that has everything to do with your priorities, your values, your personal resources. So it might very literally be that you have resources to give to somebody. It might actually be the opposite that maybe you need to put yourself in a position to receive because that's also part of this axis of Leo and Aquarius it's giving and receiving so in what ways do you need to open your heart to receive some sort of resource some sort of nourishment and does it look like you maybe vocalizing your needs because there's also that air element it's like speak up Do you need something? Speak up about what you really feel is going on. And this also, you know, it brings us into so many other things. In astrology, everything is so layered and connected and multifaceted. But I feel that this full moon is just asking us to be so aware of our role in society and to understand that we're not these island beings, just kind of over there living our own life. Like we're all so connected and the way we connect is by becoming aware of what our role is in the group in the tribe.
0: It really is the identifying of you are a piece that's a part of a whole. And I know that that is actually really hard for a lot of people to digest right now because so many of us are physically isolated. Mm-hmm. We've had this quarantine going on. We have all these new rules in place. Many of us are rebelling against that and I if you're one of those people I see you. I also recently did a podcast episode about it, so you might want to check that out because it's going to be super relevant for folks who are alive on this planet right now, which is D, all of the above, all of us. Figuring out what it is that you uniquely have to contribute to the world is so important because it's self-empowerment first and it spills over into empowerment for all. But when we bypass our own needs and desires and our own creativity ultimately we bypass collaborating with other people in ways that open up new doors that up until this moment we maybe didn't even notice were there so when I'm looking at this full moon in Aquarius I'm thinking of course about
1: collaboration
0: who are those people that you've been wanting to reach out to and why haven't you
1: Mm-hmm. and really knowing your tribe knowing where you fit in is really important too because belonging Belonging is that highest essence of Aquarius. Alienation and rejection is the shadow. Mm. So we've all been, especially with that little dip of Saturn into Aquarius and the uh, impending quarantine that we've been in for the past four months, we know what it feels like to be afraid of people. We know what it feels like to feel rejected or alienated. And so we have this awareness now and we can make the choice to, instead of allowing ourselves to be rejected we can choose to belong and we can choose where we belong and that is very empowering because it makes us choosing love rather than fear especially in our social relations that's i think the most important thing that we can all be focusing on right now because this full moon is indicative of a momentary glimpse in time where we get this taste of what we're actually going to be feeling into for about three years with saturn and aquarius And then in 2024, when Pluto moves into Aquarius, like we're not done with Aquarius. We're not done exploring this energy. (laughs) We're just beginning. So kind of like get used to it and find your people. Find your people that make you feel like you belong. Yeah, and this is the perfect
0: day for it. So if you get an invitation, and maybe you're listening to this episode right away at the beginning of the month, and you get an invitation, you know, on the 1st of August or the 2nd of August, to do something with people that you don't know very well and you don't know about that. Like obviously social distancing and all that jazz, but like do it, you know, explore that thing for yourself. And another thing I actually want to ask you Nura about is that we have the
1: North node conjunct Venus Mm -hmm. that day as well. Yep. (laughs) So in case you didn't become aware of the dynamics and patterns of your relationship (laughs) and what's working and what's not working with Venus retrograde over this past month. Whenever we have a planet conjunct the North Node, we're getting an acceleration of the highest essence of that planet. We are looking at what we want to create for the future. So we get these choice points of what kind of foundation do I want to set now for my relationships? It being Gemini, this has everything to do with communication. This has everything to do with asking questions and also being able to feel into the duality, the seeming duality of life, acknowledging that there's always multiple timelines. There's always multiple perspectives. There's always multiple things going on. And so that's including in our relationships. So where can we become very curious rather than assuming or judgmental or feeling defensive? Right. Yeah. And. How can we instead choose harmony, but without needing to unharmonize with ourselves for that harmony? Like we can still be in alignment with ourselves while we are curious and open to other perspectives. And I feel like that with the North Node at this time is basically just saying hey, if there was a path to bliss, if there was a path to feeling good, this is it. Follow the Venus path. Venus Mm. seeks harmony and beauty and pleasure so in what ways in your relationships can you seek that can you focus on that doesn't mean other things aren't going on but when you make that your top priority now everything that you're concentrating on starts to manifest according to the energy of harmony Mm, that is soul good soul good seriously how many times will we say that so many times so many
0: times because it's the one year anniversary and this podcast was born on a pun hill oh my gosh so
1: So good
0: yes yeah north Node conjunct venus guys this is our opportunity we've got a week at this point the beginning of august we have one week until venus is going to move into cancer what do you need to wrap up Mm. what Mm -hmm. conversation have you been avoiding we've talked about this a lot What is the thing that you need to tackle that just hasn't gone away? And guess what? If you're not going to take care of it and you've had every opportunity to do it, the tower's here. So like if you don't do it, it's going to be done for you and then you don't have choice in how it's done. Mm -hmm. So do you want to be a part of solving situation for yourself? Whatever it is, could be work, could be love, could be money, could be anything in your life. Or do you want to let the universe intervene and uh, roll the dice? I'm a big fan of trying to do the
1: thing myself because yeah. I have the control. But mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that we have choice.
0: Yeah. Choice is nice, but we don't always have it. So if you don't make the action that you need to make, especially because we've had Venus in Gemini for so long, it's just all about that mirror. Mm-hmm. So what are you seeing in the mirror?
1: Yes, absolutely. And just having those conversations. So important. So important. So the next transit that we want to
0: chat about is on Tuesday, the 4th, we have Mercury entering Leo. And we on that same day, we also have Mars in Aries forming a square to Jupiter in Capricorn. Mercury in Leo is energetic. This is an opportunity for you to advance Self advocacy. Mm, You want to go do the creative thing. You want to start painting. Someone else is like, Well, why would you paint? You know, painting is actually most painters don't make any money, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Cool. Thanks for your opinion. I'm going to crumple it up and I'm going to put it where it belongs in the trash can. (laughs) Okay. Because I want to be a fucking painter. Okay. (laughs) I've decided today I'm going to be a painter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. You go do that thing. That is this energy and it's going to come out communicatively. So like, maybe you don't want to be as harsh as I just was in my example, (laughs) unless that person is like constantly criticizing you, in which case it's about damn time. Okay. (laughs) But how can you advocate for yourself? How can you light the fire for yourself and speak that truth that maybe you've been waiting to speak all this time?
1: Yes. So good. And acknowledging too that mercury is what we choose to communicate about and leo is the heart so choosing communication that is kind of being first filtered through the heart space because you can speak therefore any truth but when you're coming at it from this magnanimous open-hearted generous energy it's Mm. it's gonna feel good and it's also gonna be received well most people Love Leo. But most people are also terrified of the shadow of Leo, which Mm. is diva or making it all about me or narcissism. But what happens is when you're coming through the heart, diva, narcissism, that doesn't even exist. You're just generous with your energy. You're just sharing your gift. So you yeah. don't have to be afraid of coming off too strong when you're coming from the heart. Yeah, you don't have to defend it. And I'll make an edit
0: to my statement then with your insight, which is that if you want to be a painter, you want to do the thing. And the other person is giving their opinions about why that thing is unsuccessful or why you shouldn't do that thing. It's like, can you tell them like what painting will give to you? Mm. What feeling it is that you are seeking? Can you just say to them, you know, I appreciate your opinion and it's trash. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. That just slipped out. Sorry. That was the Sagittarius in me (laughs) style it back. I appreciate your trash opinion. Sorry. (laughs) I appreciate your opinion period. (laughs) And the reason I really want to start painting is because when I paint, I really feel like I can be myself Mm. and it puts me in a state of centered grounding that I don't feel elsewhere. And I'm really seeking that right now because I've been going through a really hard time. Mm -hmm. And I know that painting will bring me home.
1: Yeah, we've got to shine our light. The light will seek its way out. And whether that is through painting, dancing, writing, playing, just being, we need to share that part of ourselves. And Leo is also ruled by the sun. And so with the sun in Leo at the same time, and then Mercury in Leo, They're very happy there. And this creative self-expression is really one of the most healing things for all of us. And when we are shining our light unapologetically and we're not kind of secretly searching for that external validation, we actually inspire other people to do the same thing. And it's very pure. It doesn't have to have this expectation or this performative energy attached to it. It's just authenticity. It's just living your purpose. I love it.
0: Our next transit is on Friday the 7th. As I had mentioned, we've got Venus just a week into the month moving into Cancer. First thought on this transit, we're just going to have a collective desire for more quality time in general. And I think when people talk about quality time, that is with other people. But also there's such a thing as quality time with yourself, And that's something that is really easy for us to just bypass and be like, oh, I cleared my calendar to spend time with this person. Our phones were off the table. We were super in sync and it was wonderful. And then a few weeks go by or something. You're like, wow, I still feel like my cup isn't full. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, when did you make quality time to connect with yourself? Mm -hmm. So Venus and Cancer, I really love thinking about that through the lens of creating more moments for quality time for yourself and for others.
1: Yes, and really knowing where you have cancer in your chart too, and if you have any planets there. I mean, Venus wants to bring ease to that place. A lot of times, and with different planets involved, we might be learning through exploring our shadow or through learning discipline or what have you. But with Venus, the lessons are usually about incorporating more ease into your life. So we can let the self-love be easy. And I also think it's really important to consider that we had the North Node in cancer for a year and a half up until this May. And thinking about what kind of lessons did you learn in the realm of self-care and self-love and then applying that again, particularly in your relationship with yourself. And then you just start to observe how that just naturally spills over into your relationships with other people. Like if you're right with you, you become right with others almost effortlessly. And it's not to say that it's without those conversations, but you're not down on yourself and then adding that energy into the conversation. Like you're right with you.
0: Yeah, you're able to see, oh, okay, that's their shit coming to the surface. (laughs) Yeah, You Mm -hmm. can kind of differentiate between their shit and your shit and be able to create the space where you also don't even react to it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's like oh that's like they're coming to me with this and they're projecting it onto me and I know that that's actually not about me yeah so I can respond with love I can choose to come from a place of unconditional love and to hold that because I'm practicing it with myself and to tie in the tarot for this I think the nine of cups I view the cups as a water suit and the nine of cups is that pause that Mm -hmm. moment of what have I succeeded in? What have I learned? And I think we really do focus on that external. I got a job. I moved into a new apartment. I acquired XYZ item. Scrap all of that because the cancer energy is like, what about your home? Mm
1: -hmm. And yes, of
0: course, that can be a physical home. But when I say home, I think about the one home I'll never abandon. Yeah. Well, until it's my time, okay? (laughs) But that's my body. That's my physical being here Mm -hmm. on the planet. That is the vehicle that's propelling me forward. My meat skin, okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's a less attractive way of describing it. But um, it's a little meatier right now. I'll tell you what, that quarantine 15 uh, is a real thing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The
1: softening. I'm calling it the softening. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's so cancer, too, the softening. It is. (laughs) I think... Considering that we just had Mercury retrograde in Cancer, we're going to have Venus moving over those exact spots, kind of providing this sweet, soothing balm over perhaps what has been challenging for us the past couple months. So she's kind of like your sweet lady cleanup crew and letting it feel good, letting it be soft. Yes. And getting some rest, drinking more water, and acknowledging too that whole piece of you know not picking up other people's shit like that's such a water sign <laughs> scenario just all the time. So if you're able to really ground into what makes you feel safe in your own body, in your own emotional space, know what's yours, know what's not yours. Have very clear defined rituals where you ground your energy, release other people's energy and almost in between every single interaction, every time you switch the scene completely wiping that slate clean and coming back to yourself and then beginning again from that place of clarity. That is one of the most helpful things when working with cancer energy, because being such a naturally empathic energy, you actually can pick up other people's needs and then you want to give them to them. But what happens when you are just giving, 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 and your well runs dry and you weren't giving to yourself at the same time or first? So that definitely ties into that Mars and Aries piece because they're also square. So we've got this Venus and Cancer, Mars and Aries, the whole Capricorn stellium. There's such a profound piece of Understanding identity, the importance of being you, and then what's the intersection between you and other people. Mm, And
0: that is also two of pentacles Mm -hmm. because it's the balance. And the reality is that you only have so much capacity, period. And each person's capacity is different Mm -hmm. for different arenas. Your capacity to listen to somebody that you love tell you the same story that they've told you every day for the last week. There's one capacity. There's a capacity of how much intake of food, water, sleep that you need compared to another person who maybe doesn't need to sleep as much for some reason or whatever. Like Our capacities are so different and they are changing. So what was serving you a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago or a couple months or a couple years or whatever might not be serving you now. With Two of Pentacles energy, I think it's an invitation to do an energy audit. Mm
1: -hmm. Take
0: a look at the whole pie. -hmm. And determine what's going where. And if you want an exercise for doing this, this is actually something I've done on my own before that I recommend, which is to literally draw out a circle and then to create like a pie chart each intersection of how much you're giving away of yourself. And you might need to draw it and redraw it and redraw it to figure out what is really taking up how much of your energy throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And that'll help you figure out really quickly if there's a person or a thing that is taking too much from you mm-hmm. that you cannot continue to balance and be your best self continue to grow and grow whatever it is that you're working on for yourself
1: yeah that is such a good idea thank you for sharing that always coming up with fun little exercises <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean make it practical daily acts of practical reverence towards ourselves I mean that is so on point point. and I do think that it naturally leads into some of these other themes like the Uranus retrograde in Taurus, Taurus having everything to do with self-reliance, self-esteem, worthiness, deserving, what is mine, all of these things and then also on a macro level of course like what are we doing with our resources, how are we making choices in that space as a collective but How else could we make a change in the collective if on the individual level we're still profoundly attached to the material that we think makes us safe? I'm snapping (laughs) because that's powerful. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if we if we want to change the power structure, we cannot fully depend on the power structure. We need to be a little bit more self-sustainable and whatever that means for you. And I also don't think it means fully that you have to do it by yourself. You find your crew, you find your tribe. If you're interested in growing vegetables, maybe you're the zucchini person and somebody else is the tomato person and somebody else is the basil person. Somebody else has chickens. You don't need to do it all by yourself, especially if you live in an apartment where that's not possible. You know, it's not this unrealistic attainment situation but if we can collectively step into this greater self-reliance and autonomy we don't require the very systems that are falling apart we're not going to be completely obliterated if they fall Which I think is really important to note with this Uranus retrograde in Taurus. Because the last time it happened, we had the Great Depression. We had the Dust Bowl in America. Fun times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we need to learn from the past so that we don't recreate it. In what ways can we become more self-sustainable? Yes.
0: Uranus retrograde in Taurus. So that's happening on Saturday the 15th. We're about halfway through the month at this point. Yeah. What changes do you need To make, or maybe you kind of started it but didn't follow through and Mm -hmm. finish. I think, on a macro level, with the collective, a lot of this shifting of change has to do with resources, as in money, and also as in food. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of folks changing what they're eating right now, and I think we're going to continue to see this evolution of food changing. I mean, beyond meat is huge all of a sudden, and they are also. Now being served at your run-of-the-mill fast food places, Mm -hmm. you can go get a Beyond Meat burger. It's this new thing that's not new at all, but like to everybody on the macro level, it's huge because it's accessible Mm -hmm. now, you know? So like what change have you been wanting to make or started on and didn't finish We've got five months of this retrograde.
1: That's the beauty of retrograde seasons, too. Luckily, we get to work with these energies over the long term. We're not expected to completely uproot and change our life in a day, thank goddess. I mean, we get this time (laughs) to kind of look at it and assess and experiment, too. Like Uranus really owns that energy of experimentation and new technology, new ways of doing things, innovations. In what ways can we innovate in our daily life that really serve us and help us to feel safe? Because Taurus is also, on the root level, it's about life. It's about survival. It's about being here tomorrow with the work that we put in today. Absolutely.
0: And then right after that Saturday on Monday, the 17th, we have Mercury conjunct the sun in Leo.
1: Yes, and this is also right before the new moon in Leo. And so I feel like kind of tying that energy all in together, too, makes a lot of sense. So whenever we have planets conjunct the sun, We're getting this kind of reset in a similar way to an eclipse because in a way Mercury is eclipsing the sun or we're getting this experience of turning off certain kinds of mental faculties to actually reacquaint ourselves with the heart, which is the sun, which is Leo. And so as we feel into more that courageous component of I'm going to choose what my heart is choosing rather than battle with what my mind wants to say. That is what this Mercury conjoining the sun is all about. That is also what this new moon in Leo is going to set the tone for for the rest of the month and into Virgo season. And so it's just a really powerful time to just get clear with your heart. Oh my gosh, that reminds me, I saw the funniest meme. It was like this girl sitting on a bed and she's just like looking straight ahead like how can I live? How can I like, <laughs> keep going on like this? And then the caption, it said astrologers about 2020, 21, oh 22. Get right with spirit. Get right with spirit. <laughs> get right with spirit. And I'm just like, yeah, man, get right with your spirit. But it doesn't have to be this apocalyptic thing. It's like, get right with yourself. Mm. Get in love with yourself.
0: Ooh, Yeah. What parts of yourself have you not been loving enough? I think that's a huge theme for the new moon in Leo and with this conjunction of Mercury and the sun in Leo on the 17th, moving into that new moon on the 18th, which is on Tuesday. Mm
1: -hmm. What
0: part of yourself could you love more? And this is actually, I guess I'm just full of practices today. But this is something that I had seen on YouTube many, many years ago that just popped into my mind, which is that I saw this girl who did a video love letter to her body. Mm. And it was like five or 10 minutes long. And in the video, it just showed her like leg or something. And she voiceovered a love letter to each part of her body. And it was super cool. And I loved it. And it never left me like I always remembered that video. And so I'm going to give you an invitation. If you're listening to this, and you know, there's a part of your body that you could love more or a part of your personality anything about you that you could love a little bit more mm-hmm.
1: on this new moon in
0: Leo, could you take a moment and sit down and write a love letter to that part of you?
1: Mm, that is so perfect. And it incorporates that mercurial piece of writing, but it Ooh. can be speaking, right? Yeah. You can speak the You can the make a video letter. too. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. just so beautiful. And I feel like this whole piece of Leo is really reminding us of our gifts and something that I've often, obviously, my whole work as an astrologer. I call myself a life purpose astrologer. So I'm all about this. Yes, But knowing what our gifts are so that we can share them. But when it comes to understanding what our responsibilities are, I read a book called Braiding Sweetgrass. Mm. It's been hot on the market right now by Robin walkimer and she is just amazing and she talks about how where our gifts are there our responsibilities are also ooh right like the eagle flies high in the sky and therefore that's a gift but therefore the responsibility is to talk and commune with spirit and interpolate that message for the people mm. right so really when you're aware of your gifts it's pretty obvious what you have to do and then as we lead into Virgo season now we get to become an apprentice of that gift like Leo is just shine the light on the gift. You know what the gift is. Virgo is hone it in and refine it, find a mentor, find a teacher, find a guru, or perhaps you become that mentor or teacher or guru or you co-create. It's that apprenticeship time where we get to hone in our craft. And then in that space too, this is also incorporating the Capricorn planets who are in that relationship with Leo in Virgo, you know, first through in conjunct. It's like, oh, okay, am I, am I quite sure about how to translate this gift into something for the community? But then when you move into the Virgo season, now we've got a trine, this earth trine. Now I'm like, oh, okay, I can clearly see because I'm an apprentice of this craft. And now I can see directly how it spans into supporting the community. So we get this beautiful opportunity to, Fulfill our responsibilities, our duties in this life, but that's not a heavy thing. That's a like, oh no, if you're aware of your gifts, now you have the answer to what your responsibilities are. How much better does that feel than like, oh, I just have to be a slave to this job that I hate?
0: Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good to feel good. How can you feel good and get what you need to get done at the same time? How can you balance? those two coins, those two pentacles? How can you be part of the bigger whole of that infinity loop of life that's constantly falling around us and make the integration of those things something that can serve you so that you can serve others? It is all connected.
1: It is all connected. Yes. I feel like that really sums up the Virgo season piece too. When the sun moves into Virgo, I think there just becomes this heightened awareness of how much things are connected because Virgo just has that ability to spot patterns. The pattern starts to fall into place in Virgo season. The things that didn't make sense before, they start to make sense. We start to take those little actions On what we know that we need to do, we start to be our little squirrel parts of ourselves and save our nuts for the future. Like it just, we start to get it together a little bit more.
0: Yes. And quick moving Mercury is moving into Virgo right before Virgo season as well. So we only have those two weeks with Mercury in Leo. So you really want to lean into that Mm. magic earlier in the month in August Mm -hmm. to speak out that self-advocacy that I was talking about, like that this project that you want to do, the collaboration that you've been dreaming of, whatever it is in that creative sandbox that you are in, you want to take care of that in the first half of August, because Mm -hmm. on the 18th, which is Wednesday, Mercury is going to move into Virgo, which leads us into Saturday the 22nd when the sun moves into Virgo and Virgo season begins. So with Mercury and Virgo, I think the shadow side of that to be aware of is just criticism Mm -hmm. and being a little bit too picky about like, well, this is the way I, I want it done and it needs to be done this way. It's like, let that person fail. Let that person fuck up. They will learn. Sometimes folks learn more from making the mistake and getting the feedback from the mistake than from you telling them that if they do it that way, it's going to be a mistake.
1: Mm -hmm. just
0: let them figure it out take your hands off of the wheel not really okay if you're in a car right now keep your hands on the fucking wheel but (laughs) metaphorically take your hands off the wheel i think it's really awesome that you can be so detail oriented and lean into those virgo magic but at the same time there is a balance to like stepping back letting people figure things out on their own and not needing to relay in communication that what they did isn't quite right.
1: Mm -hmm. And the important thing to know too about Virgo is that it's the inner side of Mercury. So it's all about internal reflection and it's about the self and it's actually really profound in that it represents our relationship with the divine but through this body that we're experiencing. It's like how do we integrate the fact that we are both a soul and inhabiting a body on this earth? And so a really helpful way to look at if you are ever prone to struggling with the itty bitty shitty committee of Virgo or (laughs) you know self-criticism or blame or externalizing Mm. that criticism or blame or shame when we step into the energy of I am already always enough that is the opposite energy that's the Pisces energy that we can use to actually heal the underbelly of Virgo we can use the opposite sign to heal the shadow of whatever sign is carrying some sort of pain so it's like I am already always enough And there's always room to improve. But if I can embody both of those wisdom and insight at the same time, then I'm actually able to move forward in a positive direction rather than the improvements looking like criticism.
0: Mm. Yes, I love that. And with that detail-oriented, very specific, analytical thought process that comes with this season with Virgo people, that magic is profound, something I think is important to keep in mind is that it, it is our business often to identify the what. We don't always get a how mm-hmm. and we certainly don't always get a why.
1: Mm-hmm. And if we
0: get wrapped up in chasing after the how and the why, manifestation breaks down. Mm-hmm. Your job is to identify the what.
1: And that again points to that like use the opposite, use the Pisces when you need help. It's like everything in the end will be known. Mm. You will know exactly what you need to know when you're supposed to know it. And not a moment sooner. And isn't that a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Especially for anybody who's a researcher or. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. For those Virgo geniuses, honestly, Mm -hmm. the Virgo
0: sign doesn't get enough credit for how fucking incredibly the resourcefulness, the intelligence, the charm it's amazing. Get you a Virgo. If you ain't got Mm -hmm. one in your orbit, go get you a Virgo. Mm -hmm. You can find someone with a Virgo moon. That'll do if you can't find (laughs) that Virgo sun. But I'm just saying you got to get some of that Virgo energy up in here because it will help you bring things to a full completion.
1: Yeah. And you really need to know where you have Virgo in your own chart too. Whether Mm -hmm. or not there's a planet there, you still have Virgo in there somewhere. So that's where you have your gift of refinement and divine grace. And that's where
0: you can really work to like emphasize that you're enough in that arena. Mm -hmm. That is super important for figuring out where Virgo is in your chart. So you don't have to be a sun sign Virgo to know that there is Virgo in you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to ask that Virgo part of you to come out and play because it's Virgo season, baby.
1: Yes. And that leads us into our final aspect, which is Mars and Aries square Saturn and Capricorn. And so, again, I mentioned this a bit briefly before where we are working with this cardinal energy between Aries, Capricorn, Cancer, and we've also got Juno and Libra. So we're actually working with the whole cardinal cross. Of course. (laughs) And Juno's actually been in Libra for a long time and she's retrograded in Libra too. And so there's a lot of this focus on... Our identity, how it intersects with others, but then also what are our instinctual patterns and how do they relate to what we subconsciously do, what we subconsciously take action on that we're not actually really thinking about. Because Mars and Aries is also conjoining Chiron, the wounded healer. And so Chiron being that rainbow bridge between subconscious and conscious patterns, we have to become very aware and discerning around our instinctual responses because some of them are wonderful and some of them are absolutely destructive. So when we're able to take responsibility of fire, that's what we're actually doing here. Fire can be transformative and healing and sometimes it can be destructive and we just have to have that awareness of when we're using what part of that. Absolutely. And there's kind of a karmic
0: element to this aspect as well because Saturn in Capricorn. So is there some karmic something going on that you need to address
1: particularly are you angry at your parents about anything yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. yes a lot of like mom and dad and any other authoritative figure that helped raise you that wounding Mm -hmm. is is super apparent and then
1: thinking about it collectively too in what ways as the individual are we kind of coming up against what's happening out in the you know the realms of authority in society
0: yeah and I think a lot of the times When something continues to hurt us that comes from such a long time ago, it's because perhaps we never forgave them. Mm, mm -hmm. And they say that forgiveness is freedom. And I agree with that 100%. It's also really
1: hard. (laughs) And it's a continuous act. It's not just a one time thing.
0: Exactly. You don't just forgive them and then move on and that's it. Like every time you interact with them, you might actually need to forgive them again. Mm -hmm. And you just forgive them more and more and more. And you also can't hold someone responsible for something that you never told them, like how it hurt you and why it hurt you. Like there's also the communication aspect there, too. So maybe you Mm -hmm. can channel some of that Mercury and Virgo tactfulness to communicatively relay to any person that has hurt you how they hurt you so that you can voice that and actually bring yourself into the energy of forgiveness because there is freedom waiting for you on the other side of mm-hmm. that forgiveness mm-hmm. and for them
1: absolutely and it's just important to note too that mars is going to be in aries for a long time yeah <laughs> <laughs> buckle up so we're going to be working with this energy for a while and i really view it as the refining of our instincts honoring them and also acknowledging where we can mature them
0: mmm So much opportunity for growth and for play. Don't forget to play this month, guys. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important part of Leo season. And it's going to really set you up to have an awesome Virgo season. If you can allow yourself to play with the ideas, to try out the new hobby, to connect with that person you haven't connected with, have that fun now. Because when we get to Virgo season, you're going to want to get studious. You're going to (laughs) want to buckle down and start to make something of it. So take advantage of the fun. Mm-hmm. You deserve to have fun. I know that fun looks really different right now. I know that. And and also I know that that kind of sucks, but this is where we are. So how can we make the most out of what we've been given? How can we create fun out of a pandemic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's still you're still deserving of that good time.
1: Enjoy. It's just being in joy and happiness. It's our birthright. We are miracle performers. We are manifestors. We are creators. We're just we're here to walk the beauty way. And it's supposed to feel good. And wherever we hit up against a snag, it's just showing us where we have a little bit more love to give that part of mm. ourselves. It's just that. Lightheartedness is really, I think, some of the best medicine right now.
0: Yes. So true. And joy belongs to you. I'll always say that and it'll never stop being true. It belongs to you, so claim it.
1: Yes. I forget which culture it comes from but there is this test upon when you die that your heart will be weighed against the weight of a feather and the goal of your life is that your heart is as light as a feather when you're passing through
0: wow that's beautiful yeah that's the goal i'm gonna need to put my heart on a diet (laughs) oh my gosh am I right I'm probably not alone in that yeah
1: take some (laughs) hawthorn heavy heavy heart kind of year
0: you know so I'm gonna get to that feather level I'm not there yet but you know what I'm getting there and the uh the path has been all sorts of things I mean it's been dark at times it's been grueling at times the inclines a little fucking much okay like I could go for a plateau but it's okay because I'm really excited about the view from top and it's just part of climbing the mountain of life Mm, you get to mm -hmm. the top and you see that there's like tons of more mountains but it's okay don't (laughs) freak yourself out okay we're talking about this mountain right now the
1: mountain that you're on the tower that's going to fall down yeah leo is the present moment but also on a heart healing note herbalism hawthorne is one of the safest herbs unless you are taking heart medication to lower your blood pressure, then do not take Hawthorne. But <laughs> if you want to work with a remedy that is for heart healing, both on the physical level and on the emotional level, Hawthorne is one of the best plant allies for that kind of healing. So I highly recommend at least to connect with an herbalist if you want to learn more about how you can use Hawthorne responsibly.
0: I love it. And speaking of herbalists, Nura is an herbalist. She's also an astrologer. So if you're one of those people who is, what is my life purpose? This Leo season, I really want to play with purpose. I want to lean into my soul's path. You're feeling foggy or unclear about what that is. Connect with an astrologer, Mm. reach out to Nura, tap into that magic to get your footing so that in Virgo season, you can make the most out of it. Yeah. We're here for you, boo. We are here for you guys. And that is pretty much everything we've got for you guys in this episode. Thank you so much, Nura, for coming back on the podcast again. I'm so, so glad that you said yes and that you're here and how wonderful it was to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's just such an honor. You're so fun to talk with. I love having you. And I'm so grateful that our listeners get to have another piece of your magic and get to know more about themselves through the reflection of the beauty that is you. Hmm thank you also to our (laughs) listeners for sticking with us one year guys it's so crazy i i'm just over the moon it's really awesome to be able to say that this has been happening for a year and going strong no end in sight and we will have uni and andreas back on the podcast soon so send them your love and we will catch you next month